Hello, welcome to another edition of the Four Things Podcast. I'm your host, Jermaine, on this wonderful May 18th, 2021. I want to spend a special thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday on today. I appreciate it, whether it was via phone call, text message, you left me a tweet, you sent me uh, a message on Facebook Messenger, left a message on Facebook. Whatever the case may be, I appreciate you. I thank you much for thinking about me. And yeah, thanks. It really means a lot. I hope everybody is having a wonderful, peaceful, relaxing, enjoyable day. Nothing but peace, love, and blessings to each and every one of you. Especially nowadays. We all can use it. Today, I want to talk to specifically you can feel free to listen to it, but today, uh, in particular, I'm talking to men and young men in general. Of course, as usual, in particular, black men. Okay. Um, I'm not somebody who normally cares or dabbles into, you know, when it comes to like celebrity gossip and news things like that, um, because I typically don't care. Um, and it's just not something I normally do. But every now and then. There'll be a story that comes, and it's a uh, microcosm of a larger problem that we have in society, in general, especially nowadays. Now, I can't speak to the days of the past, but I can speak to today and what I'm not aware of. I'm somebody who, like I said, I have a history of depression, anxiety, things like that. I have worked in like a mental health hospital shelter student as a substitute teacher so I think I, I have a pretty decent pulse on how black men think and feel just via experience and the stories that I've been told and just the way that you know black in general and because of that you know I've come to the conclusion that a lot of the reason that you know we can't seem to really need to unite the way that we need to make real progress uh, is because as black men, we just don't talk, trust each other. And I think that it's, it's evident in how sometimes we act around each other, especially people we don't know. Uh, new people, you know, no new friends, that type of stuff. Um, there's a lack of trust that we have. And it's really causing more harm Now, there are many different reasons why we probably don't have a healthy trust for one another. Um, but I think these two stories that have happened over the last couple of weeks kind of illustrate where some of it could be coming from. Okay? And, like I said, I'm not into, like, celebrity gossip and things like that. But the two that I'm talking about are in terms of this story that came out with Drake two weeks ago that everybody seems to forgotten about. And it's recent, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you call it. The 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 breakup of the Joe Budden podcast. Um, and what both of those issues sh- show me, and it speaks to me as far as what the underlying issue is, I think we have with men, is that no matter how strong we are, or 
whether we want to admit it or not, because a lot of men don't want to admit it because it makes us feel weak. But it's something that we all know. If you really want to get to a man, or not even want to get to a man, but something that hurts a man a lot, in particular, is his love interest. We have a hard time getting over that. So if we have, if there's a situation with somebody, a woman that we love, trust me, there will be an issue. The other one is always going to come into his friends, friends, and money. Money always murkies the waters. Now people always say that you don't miss mix business and friendship. It ain't just it ain't business. It's money, really. And understand of how your how money works and how friendship works. And those are two problems that have been recently exposed, and I think that we gotta examine. Because to me, these are violations of the program. Now, for this instance, I want to just give. I want to extend what what bro, the bro code is, right? So we men, we all know what the bro code is, right? But we normally apply it to our inner circles, so to our friends, our, our friends, close friends, family, some associates, and that's pretty much it, right? We apply bro code to that, but I want to change the. Our perception a little bit in that bro code really should apply to any man period especially as we rebuild uh, the black psyche over the next couple of generations something has to be taught to our younger brothers our sons our nephews our grandkids things like that has to be that the bro code is applied to all men am I my brother's keeper yes I am so I'm not going to harm my brother anyway. Okay? What do I mean by harming my brother? Glad you asked. Once again, I despise celebrity gossip, but you do what you got to do. And the universe normally has situations like this for teachable moments. So, allegedly, uh, Drake was accused of pretty much bringing up a happy home. This dude, Jamie's son, exposed on Instagram him and his girlfriend Naomi Sharon a singer I never heard of got invited out uh, because Naomi was going to do a project with Drake Drake blew him out when they get out there her and Drake work on a project Drake slept with the girl broke up the relationship now this is all alleged so I'm not I have I want to be responsible these are the accusations by Jamie Jamie's son do I think they're true? of course of course it's true but I will give people the benefit of the doubt and say alleged, even though I know it's too true. So I'm pretty certain it's true. And if you're being honest with yourself, you know it's true too. But we'll be responsible. We'll see alleged. Let me say this, because this is a teachable moment. To my brother, Jamie's son, and for all my young men, young men, men in general, you will go through a broken heart. You will have your heart broken. That is guaranteed. Well, not, you know what? Nine times out of ten, you will. There will be that one person who never experiences anything like that. And it, and a broken heart doesn't necessarily mean that your girl stepped out. Yeah, I just might break up for whatever reason. 
she might decide that she wants to explore the world and you don't want her to go because you can't go where the case may be you ever go or you just thought she said it's just gonna happen you are gonna have a break okay and when that happens you can't do this with this brother jamie son can't do it. see guys it's good to have emotions people always get that mixed up there's nothing wrong with having emotions you just can't be emotional and what we seen from this brother Jamie's son was an emotional response because he went and he exposed his whole business on Instagram that's nuts listen when you go to when you get that heartbreak unfortunately I don't wish on anybody but it will happen when it happens listen go cry go to your apartment and cry for a few days go you cry to your friends you cry to family you go to therapy you cry and you work it out pick yourself up keep it moving that's how you pretty much handle it this right here is how you don't handle it this ain't it making a fool out of yourself because even though he's a sympathetic character and which he is you know you also kind of look a little crazy Because there are some instances of people out there that are going to laugh at you. One for being emotional. But then even so, there are some people who just don't have a heart and they say, hey, it is what it is. You know? They don't see a problem with, you know, <laughs> somebody taking your girl. Which is, which is, is, a, is a problem. So, fellas, whether you're young or old, having emotion is fine. It's fine to have emotions. You just don't act on emotions. You just don't behave emotionally. So keep that. Now, if we're being honest with ourselves, and remember, I'm talking as a man to men in general. Okay, everybody on the outside, you can stay on the outside and listen, because it'll, it'll probably still apply to you in your personal life and how you conduct with other people, women in general, things like that. But right now, for this conversation. I'm a man speaking to other men, other men, and particularly black men. Um, guys, yo, we've grown up when we had the older dude that we hung around. He was 12, 13. So we're about 16, 17, 18. Things like that. Or there was some type of age gap between us. And you know, that was our guy. When we listened to him. And one of the lessons that we picked up was that hey if your girl comes and she wants to sleep with me I'm gonna do it and then let you know I did it and I'm doing it because you my boy and I don't want you to know and I want you to know that that girl ain't worth it it sounded crazy to me too when I was young but I went with it because it's like I ain't know no better I'm thinking she's thinking that's just alright that's just a code of conduct that is incorrect. Also, another thing that we were taught was, hey, you talk to this girl, you find out she got a man. If she's still willing to do it, that's between her and her man. That ain't got nothing to do with you. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That is also incorrect. As everything you mentioned. Uh, because for some reason, uh, when this story came out, because I'm always looking for contact because I need to talk. So I went on Facebook and I was looking at comments in different sections and you know, 
And it seems like I've seen a lot of people that had the idea that, you know, Drake did the brother a favor. He saved him from a girl who was no good for him. I mean, I guess you could, that's taking, I don't know. I guess that's a silver lining in the dark cloud, I guess, if you want to call it that. Um, I don't see it that way. Um, just because he may have learned that the girl's no good for him. And remember, this is all alleged, I gotta say that. But just because he may have learned that the girl isn't good for him, doesn't mean that allegedly Drake is off the hook, no. And it's something that we need to teach our young men. Listen, and I'm not talking about if you're ignorant, if you're not aware that the girl has a boyfriend. That's something completely separate, right? But if you're aware that the girl is involved with somebody else and you still sleep with her, the blood is still on your hands. Because let's be honest, you're not doing it to, to do homeboy a favor. Let's just stop that lie right now. That's a lot that people have done to make themselves feel better and not seem like a bad guy because nobody wants to be the bad guy even though we do bad things. But that's a lie. Okay? No. You did it because you wanted to. You wanted to sleep with her. You knew it was wrong because she had a man, but you didn't care. Or you cared, but you just put it out your mind. So now you're saying, oh, no, I did your favorite. No, you didn't. You contributed to another man's hurt or pain. Okay? That, and that's only if you just know. It's far worse if you like you know the girl, but you know her boyfriend too. If you know who he is and you've seen him, different things like you're you might be worse. Because that's the absolute slap in the face. Want proof? I'll give you proof. Don't take my word for it. Because it's written it's written in text. Well, not text, because this is not a text. It's just a story. Anybody ever familiar with the book, The Iliad? I read it in high school. I actually enjoyed it. The whole premises of The Iliad is in Greek. Uh, it's Greek mythology. It surrounds Helen of Troy and that whole uh, uh, city of Troy. Long story short, Helen of Troy, she was married to this man named Menelaus. Now, in Greek mythology and lore and how they treat it, uh, when they had, you know, they believed in gods and things like that, they always thought, be kind to strangers, because you can never know when you're entertaining a god. You didn't want to incur that god's wrath. So, what happened was that this Prince Paris from the city of Troy was a, was a stranger, and Menelaus let him in his house because of course you're supposed to entertain strangers because you just never know who they are and what did Paris do he took his wife Helen of Troy took her back to Troy with him what occurred a bloody war they got everybody killed including Paris's father and brother who had nothing to do with it now what Paris father and brother should have did What's tell him, yo, Helen gotta go. We're not going to war for this one woman. Sorry, bro. And then furthermore, you're disgusting because you took advantage of something that you knew. You know people let other people in 
uh, that we let people in houses, let strangers in houses, because we have this thing about the gods. You never know if the gods are entertaining strangers, imitating strangers. And he did it. So Paris selfishness, greed and lust for a woman who was taken by a man who let him in his house. Whether or not she was unhappy is is regard, regard, regardless of that, right? Regardless of that, it wasn't Paris' place to take that woman. And what he did, what what happened? He lost his, the city got burned down. He lost his brother. He lost his father. Great job, Paris. Let's take it a step further. Don't being knowing that a woman has a boyfriend is bad. Knowing the guy is worse. But if you're somebody who has means, access, and money, and a woman's boyfriend doesn't, and you use that to sway her away from her boyfriend, that might be the worst. You might be the scum of the universe, honestly. And trust me, I think we all know, and some people might even be these type of people who have never had an issue with picking up women. For whatever reason, you just, it never was a problem. You could always pick up a woman and not have a problem. Then to go and take somebody else's girlfriend when you have no issues picking up women. That's the only one that they have and they love and care about, whatever the case may be. That's nasty. And somehow we've we've just allowed it, saying, hey, that guy got a, hey, I, I did the brother a favor. Ignoring his hurt and pain that we have caused. See, we caused the pain, but we don't want to take accountability for the pain. You think I'm lying. That is nasty. That is, that's a nasty concept of being somebody with means and access and taking somebody else's girlfriend when you don't have to. Or taking somebody's wife when you don't have to. You think I'm wrong. You think I'm lying? Okay. You don't, don't believe me. Don't believe me. I'm not somebody who um, who likes to beat people over their religion. I don't like to preach to people. I don't um, like to force my beliefs on anybody else. But the Bible is more than just a spiritual doctrine. It's practical too. What do you think? What do you think? There's nothing new under the sun. What's happened? Before, what's happened now? It's happened before. You don't believe me? I'm gonna tell you a little story. And just in case you don't believe me after I tell you the story, go look up 2 Samuel. Read chapters 11 and 12. You tell me since you, if you don't believe me. Okay? Well, I'm sure we, everybody's heard of the story of David and Bathsheba. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, let me tell you. If you don't feel like reading, I'll tell you. David, king of Israel, goes out to the porch of the castle. She's a woman shower. Attractive woman. Beautiful lady. 
Hmm. Tell the server. Hey. Tell Lady I need to see out the castle. Tell the company. Brings the lady to the castle. Sleeps with her. Sends her on the way. Lady's name is Bashiba, just in case you didn't think. Couple weeks go by. Bashiba sends word. David. I'm pregnant. Now David's in a hairy situation because uh, that woman is married. Her husband is Uriah. He's a soldier in the military. Right now, um, Israel's in a war with the Philistines. They're going to fight. Her husband is at war. Fighting for Israel, which David is the king of, which will make him David's underling. David goes, hey, go get Uriah. He sends for Uriah, bring us back to the castle. Hey, Uriah, how's the battle going? Everything good? Uriah goes, yeah, everything's fine. We're going to, yeah, whatever. Hey, Uriah, um, I want you to, you know, go home. Go see your wife. I'm sure she misses you. You miss her. You go see your wife. Head on back to, to the battle. Let me know. Uriah, like, listen, I, I can't. It wouldn't be right. My men are out on the field fighting. It wouldn't be right for me to go and visit and see my wife when my men can't. Look at Uriah being a stand-up guy. There he goes, oh. So he lets Uriah eat. He feeds Uriah in the castle. They laughing and they, they drinking. He's getting Uriah drunk. Sends Uriah on his way. Takes him to his house. Uriah doesn't even go inside. Uriah goes to the castle gate. Sleeps outside. David gets wrote, you're right, I went in the house. You're right, I slept outside, outside the castle gates. He, he's not going to go visit his wife because his, his, his fellow men can't go see theirs. It's not right. He doesn't deserve that. We're at war. David goes, oh, hmm, that's interesting. He sends Uriah back. David sends a note to the general. Hey, put Uriah on the hottest side of the battle. And when he's getting ready to overtake, get overtaken and killed, pull your men back. Let him die. What happens? Exactly that. Uriah gets killed. Nasty. Oh, but it gets worse. Oh, but she, but you're pregnant with my child, huh? Okay, now you're my wife. Oh, so you don't believe me that it's nasty? Okay. I understand. Well, in the very next chapter, uh, Prophet Nathan goes to David. He said, David, um, I got a message from the Lord. He um, he says that, you know, and he begins to tell him a story about a rich man who had many sheep. And there was a man who had, he was, he was real poor, but he only had just this little lamb. And this man with this lamb, you know, that lamb, he, he took care of it since he was a baby. And that lamb stayed in the house, stayed in his bed, ate his food, 
slept in his bosom. He raised that lamb like it was his own child. And what happens that rich man had a guest that uh, came over for dinner. And instead of killing one of his sheep, he went to the rich man, took the he went to the poor man, excuse me, took the lamb, killed the lamb, served it up. And his and David anger got real hot. He got mad. You see it off. Has anyone else will be. And you know what happened? They've said, David, you know, um, you're that man. You know, God, God pretty much said, like, you know, God set you up. He he put you in, in uh, your master's house. Saved you when they were out to kill you. He's given you fame and glory and riches. And if that wasn't enough, he had no problem with giving you more. We give you more. We give you your heart's desire. Why would you go take another man's wife and then firm or kill him by your order? Why? What was the point of that? David felt guilty. So if you don't believe me, David himself felt guilty for what he did. He realized he messed up. And I say, I tell, the, 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 I use this as an example because, yeah, when you do stuff like that, when you, when you sleep with another man's um, wife, especially you guys who, who don't have, who have to struggle with dating women and different things like that, you don't have the problem picking up women, you don't, that's never been a weakness for you. When you go and you sleep with somebody who does, who takes a woman who, who, who man does, you pretty much are stealing. You might as well just went in his house and took his TV and took all the fridge, food out of his fridge. Just do that. But more importantly, you're killing them. You are slowly, you are contributing to that man's depression, low self-esteem, heartbreak. You are not innocent. And what happens? We carry that anger and resentment. And truth be told, we we don't we we feel bad for feeling that way because we were taught, hey, it's part of the game. You know? And that man Allah will do it to somebody else while still having those issues with not trusting people, not trusting women, not trusting his brothers. For what? Because we were too selfish and greedy. We took something that didn't belong to him, that didn't belong to us. Listen, if a woman is going to do that to her boyfriend or significant other or her husband or whatever the case may be, you let them do that. You don't be the person that they do it with. You don't get a pass because... You know, oh, she's going to do it with somebody. Might as well do it with me. No. Because let's be honest, we we not doing it to, to save that brother from pain. No, we're not. So cut the crap. Young men, you got to learn from the mistakes that we made. There are a lot of things that we were taught that are nonsense. If we want black men to trust black men, there's some certain things that we got to stop doing. This is one of them. 
This whole culture has to change. It is not cool to sleep with somebody else's girlfriend or wife, significant other, whatever. It's not cool. And despite what you want to believe, whatever you got to do to take a sleep at night, despite all that, understand you are the issue. So, and, and, and I guarantee you, it's a lot of black men that right now who are saying, yeah, that I complain about other black men, but you've done something like this. You've contributed to the delinquency of other black men. We have. That has to stop and it has to change. And we got to teach our sons better. We got to teach our nephews better. We got to mentor our kids differently. To prevent hurt and pain and to enable trust. We, in order for us to survive, we're going to have to start trusting each other, man. Our sons and our sons are going to have to trust each other. Our nephews are going to have to trust each other. Honestly, we're going to have to trust each other. And that means we're going to have to unlearn some of the crap that we were taught. Now, that's in terms of romance. Somebody significant other. The lesson I've learned recently in terms of friends and money is something I've always known. They don't mix. Joe Bunn's podcast pretty much broke up. For a lot of different reasons. Um, it seems like money. I would have actually talked about the story uh, a lot sooner, but things kept coming out. And I really wanted to hear everybody's perspective. And I think I could kind of see what happened because there's always two sides of the story, three sides of the story. Excuse me. You got one side, the other side, and you got the truth, which is always murky in the combination. If you've been following, then you know you, you know what I'm talking about. But pretty much, um, if you haven't, Joe Bunn's podcast, which has been real successful, that's been off about seven, eight years, something like that. Uh, Joe Bunn pretty much fired his co-host on the air. Just fired them. That was an emotional move. Again, fellas, what have I said? It's okay to have emotions. Don't be emotional. Firing people that you call your friends on the air and embarrassing them is an emotional move. And it's not. It's a, it's a violation of the bro code. If you guys had issues, if you fire them, I mean, fire them, that's fine, but you don't do it on air. You pretty much keep pushing. Hey, you come on air, give them a graceful bow out. Nah, nobody needs to know anything the wiser. No matter what they they may come out and say, as far as you go, you keep your hands clean. You do things the right way. I think too many times we get concerned about what other people are doing. That other people might do something wrong. So we want to do something wrong? No. Just because somebody does something wrong to us doesn't mean that we do it wrong to them. And yeah, maybe a co-host did come out and they try to expose you with some other stuff. You don't fire them on the air like that. The goal is we got to learn how to keep the moral high ground at all times. That should be our aim. It shouldn't be for revenge. It shouldn't be to get back at one another. It shouldn't be, you know, the public opinion on it. It should be to keep the moral high ground. 
and keeping it 100, especially with people that we claim that we love. Now, I will say there are certain I've learned over the years that even as I'm doing this podcast and things are in the works with people who are going to be coming on to help me out over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, there are things that, you know, I look at. And I think that if you're going to have some type of partnership with somebody and working together with anybody, you got to see how they move. Especially with people that they have business interactions with. Or maybe not even business, just about what money and different things. Listen, a lot of us know how our friends are. I know exactly how all my friends are. Every last one of them. I know who I could call with what. I know who I could call for this. I know who I could call with that. I know who I could call... Like for projects, I know who I call for hanging out. I know who that I could do if we got some money needs to be exchanged for things like that. I know. And if I had to um, take a guess, just from what I from what I heard from both sides of the story, it seems that Joe's Bond podcast uh, co-host Rory Mall didn't really understand, or they they, they ignored. What they knew their friend to be. It's fine to be friends with them, but you have to understand how, how your friend operates. Guys, sometimes we can be too trusting of our friends and ignore signs that they may be a certain type of way. Listen, part of being friends with somebody is knowing their strengths and knowing their weaknesses. Apparently, they had a problem with. How Joe talked to them. I've had similar issues with friends. You got to handle that. You can't just let that go on. They knew Joe's reputation as far as how he handled business. They made a miscalculation of thinking that he wouldn't do them. This, he wouldn't do the same thing as in terms of business because they were his friends. That was a miscalculation. What you typically see is the truth. So if you're gonna go with friend, if you're gonna go in a business or partnership or anything, and like for my younger brothers, you're in high school, you're in junior high school, whatever the case may be, college, working on a project with a friend. Listen, understand who your friends are. Listen, I got friend, I have friends in uh, junior high. Frankie, if you're listening, I love you. Travis, if you ever hear this, I love you. Listen, man, I knew who they were. I told them, listen, and they knew who I was. I said, listen, yeah, sit down, shut up, and put your name on a paper. I'm doing all the work. I'll give you just an, I'll tell you just enough for if, they, if the teacher asks you a question, you can answer. Anything else, shut up, stay out of my way. That's how I was. Were they dumb? No. Were they lazy? Probably, because most kids are lazy. Let's be honest. When you were in junior high school and things like that, in high school and school, yeah, we didn't put the type of work in that we could have. We didn't give it our all. At that time, I did. That was before the depression really kicked in. But yeah, I took pride of my work. And also, I had a vision, and I wanted to execute it to the best of my ability. 
let's be honest. At the time, at that young age, I thought I was smarter than everybody. No disrespect to Travis, to Travis and Frankie, but I thought I was smarter than everybody, and everybody else messed it up. So just stay out of my way. I use that as an example. They understood who I was and how I am with stuff like that, and I understood who they were. And it kind of worked out because did they really want to do it? No. They didn't want to do it. Did I want to do it all by myself? Yes. So it matched up. It worked out. There have been friends that you're going to have in college or classmates. Listen. In college, they're going to tell you that you got to do group assignments. Somebody not pulling their weight. Listen, if you feel like you got a friend who ain't pulling their weight, you're going to have to tell them, man. Like, yo, you're not pulling your weight. I need you to pull your weight. And the problem is that, and this is typical for all of us, especially men, we hold things in. We don't want to confront our friends because we love them and we don't want to cause no conflict. So what happens is that we'll hold we'll have, hold up this resentment and we'll just let it pile up and pile up and pile up and pile up until one day there's something that's really small and we just explode. No, as friends, we got to clear the air all the time. If there's any misunderstanding, we got to cross the words. No, there ain't no holding in or just letting it go to keep peace. No, we got to clear this up right now. Because if not, those little seeds, they fester and they grow. Now, everything was cool when the money wasn't coming in. Everything was good, but as soon as money started coming in, people started getting a little different. That's that's true of all people. And when I when I looked at that podcast and I heard both sides of the story, yeah, both sides were wrong. Joe, you could have showed them. Joe could have showed them the um, the accounting wasn't that big a deal. And it's as being a boss. I mean, if you're not stealing for somebody, just show them. It's not a big deal. And it's illegal not to show them. Like, I work for a nonprofit. I get accounting every year. And I'm not even in. I'm not even in upper management like that. Who, who takes care of the operations? I, I'm normally I, I take care of normal day to day operations for the clients and the shelter. I'm not even dealing with anything with money, and I still get accounting. Housekeeping gets accounting. The kitchen staff gets accounting. We all get the accounting books, and we're a nonprofit. It's not even like we're we're robbing each other. No, we're a nonprofit, and we get accounting. If if you're paying if he if if your employees want to see the books as far as accounting purposes, show it to them. So guys, like I said, as men, we just gotta communicate better, man. The bro code, man. The bro code has to be initiated to everyone, it has to be given to everyone. Your next door neighbor. The guy at Walmart. Any man you see, any man that you know or don't know, he is given the courtesy of the bro code. It is no longer just for your people that you, you that are in your direct circle. Because the reality is this: there are a lot of things that have gone on 
that have kind of set us back collectively. And honestly, as far as I see it, um, as us being African-Americans, we are, we don't have as much time as we think we have. When it comes to all the races of people and things like that, we're not, we're not where we need to be. And a lot of that has to come from the way we we're raised and different things like that and the different life lessons that we learned. Um, we got to unlearn that and we got to take up, uh, we got to be our brother's keeper. We got to change the way we talk to, talk to each other and how we have encounters with each other and different things like that. I normally preach at the shelter when two guys are arguing. Listen, I'm not going for you two get into a fight over nothing. As long as you're in front of me, we will not do harm to another black man. We won't do harm to any man, period. We're not, we're not into doing harm, period. But in particular, we're not going to do harm to any other black man because we know what it's like. We, we share the same experiences. So we should have a level of understanding. We should be able to check our pride. And we should be able to redefine what it is to actually be a man. So my young brothers, these are some of the lessons that you got to learn now. Guys in my age group, we're like the, the middlemen. If you're somewhere between the ages of, I don't know, 29, 30 to around 45, we are that gap. We are the bridge between the old generation, the generation prior, and the ones that's coming up. We understand both. So we got to reach out to both so we can bridge that gap so we can work together. And since we know a little bit better, we got to correct some of our older brothers while bringing up our, new, our younger ones so that they can make sure that they patch up and have an understanding so they know how to move. And we can continue that for the generations that have come behind them. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. <laughs>